We have a problem with plastic and trash in our uh, waterways. The National Geographic Society estimates, according to the CBC, that 8 million tons of plastic waste escapes into the oceans every year from coast, uh, coastal nations. That's the equivalent of five grocery bags of plastic trash for every foot of coastline around the globe. And these figures don't take into account what's, what ends up in lakes and rivers. But Toronto's Outer Harbour Marina is um, one of the first places in Canada to install something that is essentially a floating garbage can. It's called a sea bin. Here to talk about it, Jeffrey Wilson, who's CEO of Ports Toronto. Welcome to the show, Jeffrey. Thanks, Kelly. Great to be on. Good to have you on. I love this idea. Tell us about the sea bins, how you first found out about them. Well, we really love this story. I mean, the history of the sea bins is really interesting. Very quickly, there were two Australian uh, surfer, sailor types who were out uh, noticing garbage in their part of the world in the oceans, and they were you know, asking themselves the basic question, if we can have rubbish bins on land, then why can't we have them in the water? And then from there, of course, they they proceeded to, to, to build what is effectively a va- floating vacuum cleaner. Uh, in the water, which uh, which sucks in you know, you know surface plastics and surface you know, contaminants and and garbage and crud and what have you, and, uh, and you know and the story goes from there. And you know there are now something like 700 and 750 of these things worldwide in various uh, harbors, and uh, so this is really part of a big success. Now, from our part, uh, this this whole story started because we put uh, uh, some people together in a sustainability committee. We have all of our businesses and Involved. And I think you know that we own and operate Billy Bishop Airport and the Port of Toronto and the Outer Harbour Marina, which you mentioned, and we have a number of other departments. They all got together and they, they think about how, how do we make our operations clean and green, and they also start to think about, well, what else can we do for the benefit of the general community? And, and they came up with this idea. They reached out to the licensee, uh, Port Alu, here in Canada, and said, we want, to, we want to trial these things and see if they can work for us and help us. And so we have become the first commercial pilot project in Canada. We've had them operating in the Outer Harbour Marina, which I think your listeners would probably know is located down near the Leslie Street Spit, Tommy Thompson Park. Uh, we've had them operating for two weeks now, and, and I, I think we can characterize this as a you know, pretty good success so far. Wow, after two fishing. weeks. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, tell us how they work and uh, what it was like before the sea bins were installed and, and the difference. Well, I'll answer the second question first, which is, you know, it's like if you don't have a vacuum cleaner, you're wandering around, you're doing everything by hand, right? So in, in the harbor, we used to we used to get out there with, uh, you know, some kind of a small craft and a scooper, and we, you know, we go after you know, all the floating debris in the harbor bit by bit, and you know, it's very labor intensive and it's not very efficient. Now, what these bins do is, if you think of them, they're about the size of a rain barrel or a garbage can. Uh, they float and they suck in water from the top. They the, the the particulate matter, the crud, gets captured in a basket filter, uh, which can be emptied out and changed, and we do that twice a day. And then the clean water uh, exits out the back. So just like a vacuum cleaner, you know, the dust in the front and the clean air out the back after the filter. That's how they work. Uh, they're they're they are uh, tethered at the moment to a uh, long extension cord, believe it or not. They run off of shore power. They're very efficient, but they don't run off of a battery at this stage. I think that's a technology development that will come in the future, uh, either that or solar power. 
And uh, we have three of them going right now in the marina, and uh, we generally have to change the uh, the baskets twice a day because they do fill up with uh, you know contaminants pretty quickly. But I mean, look for, from your opening statement, the thing that we want to say is this: like the single-use plastics thing is really something that we all need to start to think about. We are, we are seeing. Plastic bags, straws, cutlery, plates, uh, just a lot of junk that gets blown into the water uh, that has to be cleaned out. And, you know, if it doesn't get cleaned out, it eventually breaks down into microplastics, and those microplastics get harder and harder to get out to see and to get out of the water. Or worse, they get into the, they get into the, uh, the food chain, right? And, and that's something that we all should be concerned about. What's the monetary investment like for one of these sea bins? Well, they're actually very reasonable. They cost about five or six thousand dollars Canadian each bin, uh, and they are—they're made of recycled plastics, believe it or not. So the very stuff we're scooping out of the water is actually going into the manufacture of the sea bins themselves, and then they—they they again are fully recyclable. Apparently, they don't just suck in uh, single-use plastic. So, what else are you finding in them? Yeah, so, I mean, anything that's floating that will come in through the system, but one of the neat parts of the sea bins is they also have an extra pad or absorbent pad which screens out things like solvents or leaked gas or any kind of fuel that might be on the water. And I think for marinas, that's really important. Some of the older vessels may not be entirely 100% environmentally sound, so it keeps the marina uh, clean. And as I said, the, these uh, absorbent pads, they will also absorb all of the uh, the fuels or any other spills that happen to be on the water. What do you do with those pads? Do they get thrown out or no, do they... They get, they, get, they get handled in an environmentally sound way and recycled uh, as one would uh, under the regulations. Wow. It's, it sounds like you described, and I could be completely wrong on this because I'm not a pool owner, but I have swam in a few, like they're a giant pool filter or a, a bigger <laughs> version of a pool filter. Well, I think you've got it. That's really what they are. I, you know, th- this is the thing is like the, this is the genius of what these do is that these are on an industrial level that can clean up large spaces very efficiently, and they are just following that sort of basic, um, you know, b- basic design. Very, very simple, not a lot of moving parts, but, but you know, they're, they're pulling out over 2,000 kilograms of captured plastics and junk uh, worldwide every day, every day. Wow. So this is like this is a serious attempt to try and deal with plastics globally. And we wanted to do our part here in Toronto. Ports Toronto was, as you probably know, was previously known as the Toronto Port Authority. We own and operate Billy Bishop Airport. We take sustainability really seriously. You probably read that we're 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 converting our ferry uh, to the airport to electric later this year. Uh, we operate off of Bullfrog Power. Um, you know, we 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 we. Uh, uh, we've got 41% or more of our passengers now walking, biking, and taking transit to the airport. I mean, this is stuff that, that is really important to us, and, and I think it should be important to your listeners as well. How many calls have you had from other municipalities, other areas, asking you about the sea bins and how they're going? It's captured the imagination. There's no question, Kelly. I think people are looking at this and they're saying, gosh, you know, this is a good idea. We've got to do more of this. So we are thinking about helping other communities, and we're also thinking, obviously, about trying to move this same sort of cleanup effort into the harbor and, and doing more work there. That's something that we, we still have to sort through because, as you know, you, you obviously can't put a sea bin floating around uh, where you've got a lot of, uh, of waterfront traffic. So we're thinking about how we can make these applications work for us there as well. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Jeff. Jeffrey, it sounds like a remarkable uh, project. Very, and I love it because it's so simple. 
uh, and it seems uh, affordable. I have to ask you one last question. Uh, my producers asked me to pass this on here. If you have a tunnel, why do you need to use the ferry to the airport? Well, we get asked that question a lot. It's a great question from your producer. The fact of the matter is the tunnel is a pedestrian tunnel only, and we use the ferry to bring uh, vehicles across, fuel across, and supplies to the airport. Uh, so we are still operating a ferry, and we thought as long as we have to operate a ferry, we might as well make it clean, green, and quiet, and that's what is behind the electrification of the ferry. So we're taking the diesel motors out and we're putting in electric motors. And that'll be only the first of its kind in Canada and only the second of its kind, by the way, uh, operating in North America. Jeffrey, it's been a pleasure talking to you and you've been very informative. Thanks for Thanks, joining Kelly. us. Pleasure's mine. Cheers.